the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Re-election in a state Hillary Clinton won in 2016. The president was headlining a fundraiser for Heller and also speaking at the state Republican convention, where Heller told the crowd here in a casino ballroom it needs the Trump economic gains to continue. You know my opponent's going to reverse everything that this president has achieved over the last 17 months. At least 300 people protesting the president and family separations at the southern border were gathered outside here as his motorcade arrived. Sagar Magani with the president, Las Vegas. Turkish President Erdogan leading big in his re-election attempt today. This is SRN News. Mike Gallagher can't believe how crazy the country is getting. This is the headline at CNN.com. Donald Trump is as popular as he's ever been, parentheses, in one poll. That's the CNN News headline. I've never seen a more biased headline. You know what that one poll is they're referring to? Oh, I don't know, a little organization called Gallup. We are in Crazyville. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 8 on AM 1280. The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. Good afternoon, just after 1 p.m. here at the Twin Cities Home for Intelligent Radio. We are AM 1280, The Patriot, and coming up next, one hour could not hold him. He's back to two hours. It's the closer. Brad Carlson, part of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. You can now catch the Narn Saturday and Sundays, 1 to 3 p.m. right here on The Patriot. Brad Carlson is coming up next. Let's take a quick look at weather. Mostly cloudy out there, near 84 are high. There's a chance of showers tonight and a chance of storms for Monday. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280, the Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Yes, we are back. Two-hour broadcast. I know it's been long anticipated for the past two and a half years, but we are back and better than ever on the closer edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Thanks, as always, for tuning into the broadcast. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org, and we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. You can also text uh, uh, comments or questions, 651-243-0390, or weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show, hashtag NarnShow for any comments or questions. Regarding today's show content, as always, we appreciate you tuning in and appreciate my uh, loyal listeners hanging in there. Uh, when it's been a one-hour show, I expend a lot of energy in a one-hour show because there's so much news every week. I, I, I have so much to get out, and uh, sometimes I, uh, I I can only get to so much. But with a two-hour show, it definitely offers a lot more flexibility. And uh, like I say, we appreciate uh, the listeners tuning in, whether it's been one hour or two hours. And always, as always, I appreciate the powers that be here at uh, Salem uh, Media Group Twin Cities. 
for allowing me to be on the broadcast, whether it's one hour or two hours. And uh, uh, we appreciate all of the support we get on uh, this particular broadcast. I do want to get to some news from this past week. And then coming up at one fifteen, we have uh, political wonk Matt Makoviak joining the broadcast uh, to talk about uh, some major news items, particularly the situation down at the southern U.S. border. And that is a story that has been just reaching a fever pitch um, this past week. And I'm not here to dismiss it. I'm not here to diminish it. I'm not here to say that it's not important. It absolutely is an important story. It absolutely is vital. And uh, I believe that uh, we are a better country than what has been shown down at the southern border, particularly with a situation where uh, adults bring their children to the border and try to sneak across the border. And if they are caught, they are separated from their children. Basically, the adults are detained separately and the children are kept in separate facilities. And this is a practice that has been going on since the Obama administration. In fact, it first really came to light um, four years ago in 2014. I believe it was an Arizona newspaper uh, I don't remember if it was the Arizona Republic. Don't don't remember specifically, but there was an Arizona newspaper that showed teens in a behind metal cages, and there had been a rumor that this practice was going on down at the border where children were being separated from their families. And someone did some research, like, oh, there it is. There's a photo of children being detained by behind metal fences. That's just sadly typical of the Donald Trump administration. He's wanting to build a wall and keep out Mexicans, and look what he's doing. He's keeping kids in cages. And, of course, this picture went viral all over social media. One problem is from a story back in 2014. Who was president in 2014? President Barack Obama. Now, again, one thing that I always said during the Obama administration when he liked to point the figure at the previous administration, i.e. George W. Bush, was that, look, President Obama, you campaigned on these issues. You ran on being president. You're now president. Quit passing the buck backwards. And I say the same thing about the Trump administration. Uh, yeah, Obama, this, this was going on during the Obama administration. We know that. We understand that. We get that. But you're president now. And how this was handled this past week was there was just, it was just basically the proverbial stepping on rakes. Because President Trump said all week, well, you know, this is a law that's been in place. We're just enforcing the law, how it's been since the Obama administration. That's what we're doing. Our hands are tied here. And we need Congress to fix this issue. We need Congress to pass some legislation, pass some border security. And you know what will prevent this? A border fence. Because people can't very well get into this country if there's a border fence up. And they won't be separated from their children if they aren't sneaking across the border illegally, because guess what? They won't be able to get across the border. Seems pretty common sense. Well, Ben Shapiro wrote a terrific piece at the at the Daily Wire addressing uh, just the fever pitch of this particular issue. And the headline basically says, look, the media are lying about Trump separating illegal immigrant families. Here's the truth. Uh, number one, Trump created separation of children from illegal immigrant parents. This is plainly false. In 1997, the federal government made an agreement in a case called Flores not to keep unaccompanied illegal immigrant children in custody beyond 20 days. The settlement said nothing about accompanied illegal immigrant children, children who crossed the border with their parents. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals then ruled that accompanied children also could not be held in custody under the terms of the settlement. This meant that the government either had to release whole families 
or that the government had to separate parents from children. So Trump technically was correct. He says, look, we're just enforcing the law as it came down, and my hands are tied. The problem is, politically, this was just such a gaping wound that he couldn't get away from, and it's like, okay, we're going to sign an executive order stating that parents, uh, children cannot be separated from their parents. They have to be uh, detained together. And of course, the Democrats in Congress move the goalposts and say, well, well, we have to, we we have to, uh, uh, that's not good enough. We shouldn't be detaining anybody. Basically saying, hey, if these people come across the border, uh, look the other way, let them go into the country. Is that, is that, I mean, this is, this is the amazing thing about this. The Democrats come up with these solutions, quote unquote solutions, saying, well, we shouldn't be de- detaining families at all, but they offer no they offer no solutions. They can't come out and say, well, we should let them into the country, you know, because it will be tr- betraying how they really feel. And they know that the majority of the country does not want floods of illegal immigration. They don't want amnesty. Uh, another lie that the media was uh, uh, was spoon feeding us. Immigrants seeking asylum are being punished for seeking asylum. This is plainly untrue as well. Immigrants who come to points of entry to seek asylum aren't actually illegally in the country. They're not arrested. They're processed through ICE and their children stay with them. If, however, illegal immigrants cross the border illegally, the Trump administration now treats them as criminals. If they choose deportation, they aren't separated from their kids. If they choose to apply for asylum, they stay in the country longer than 20 days and their kids have to be removed Again, it was by the operation of the law. Third one, the Trump facilities are awful, thanks to Trump. They may be awful, but they weren't. They were just as awful under President Obama. Uh, and then Ben Shapiro showed some pictures from Brandon Darby of Breitbart, circa 2014, where there were a bunch of kids being detained in pretty squalid and, and rancid conditions. And there were multiple images. Again, go to Brandon Darby's Twitter feed, and you could see all these images that uh, were posted um, from his trip down there in 2014. He reposted them again this past week. And I'll continue with um, Ben Shapiro's piece of the Daily Wire. The big mistake made by the Trump administration here came courtesy of Stephen Miller and John Kelly, both of whom reportedly stated that the administration was separating kids from parents as a sort of deterrent. That's idiotic. The deterrent is arrest and deportation, not separating children from parents. That's why the House is attempting to pass some sort of fix here to keep kids with their parents. But with that said, the media coverage of this issue has been patently irresponsible. Trump isn't forcing children away from parents. He was enforcing the law on the books. The legislature can fix the law at any time. Now, again, this was before the executive order came out and Trump ended up acquiescing to it. And again, a lot of people like President Trump. They liked Donald Trump when he was running for president because he wasn't a typical politician, and that was a feature, not a bug. Well, here, he definitely could have used some better political instincts because he was basically beaten down into capitulation by saying, well, I'm just enforcing the law, enforcing the law, nothing to do, my hands are tied. And then when it became just so untenable, uh, Trump eventually had to relent and uh, sign this executive order. So there's no question that the media has been woefully dishonest on all of this. No, no doubt about it. But that's, that's what the media does. And perhaps the most egregious offense came from Time magazine. Uh, there was a young girl, a young Honduran girl, that kind of became uh, the poster child, if you will, 
of separating children from their parents. And Ed Morrissey, Northern Alliance Radio Network alum, wrote about this at Hot Air. Uh, the picture of the a crying Honduran girl has become the symbol of family separation outcomes from border enforcement. The picture ran far and wide in the media, so much so that Time magazine put her on the cover of its latest issue. Time then posed her with Donald Trump in an apparently heartless stare down at her, complete with the words, Welcome to America. Time even turned it into a gif. Uh, there's only one thing wrong with this take. The little girl was never separated from her family at all. CBS News reported last week the little girl was crying because her mother got caught at 11 o'clock at night crossing illegally into the U.S. and, shocker of shockers, was tired and thirsty. Yeah, I would imagine so. Uh, here's from the CBS News uh, article. The picture of a Honduran girl crying as she and her mother are detained in Texas has grabbed worldwide attention and come to symbolize the intense debate about separating children from their parents. Time magazine put the young girl on this week's cover, but Border Patrol agent involved in the dramatic scene says the photo might be a middle might be a little misleading. That's being very charitable there. Might be a little misleading. Uh, anyways, the agent said the mother and daughter were never separated and are still together. We were patrolling the border. It was after 10 o'clock at night, Border Patrol agent Carlos Ruiz told CBS News' David Bagnod. He was the first to encounter Sandra Sanchez and her daughter after they allegedly crossed the Rio Grande River into Texas illegally. We asked her to set the kid down in front of her, not away from her. She was right in front of her, so we can properly search the mother, Ruiz said. So the kid immediately started crying as she set her down. I personally went up to the mother and asked her, are you doing okay? Is the kid okay? And she said, yes, she's tired and thirsty. It's 11 o'clock at night. And then there was a Daily Mail piece who actually talked to the girl's father. Uh, Dennis Javier uh, Varela Hernandez, age 32, said that he had not heard from his wife, Sandra, also 32, who was with his two-year-old daughter, Yanela Denise, for nearly three weeks until he saw the image of them being apprehended in Texas. In an exclusive interview with DailyMail.com, Hernandez, who lives in uh, uh, Puerto Cortez, Honduras, said that he was told yet the other day that his wife and child are being detained at a family residential center in Texas, but are together and are doing fine. His wife revealed that he he revealed that his wife had previously mentioned her wish to go to the United States for a better future, but did not tell them any of their family members that she was going to make the trek. I didn't support it. I asked her why. Why would you want to put our little girl through that? But it was her decision at the end of the day. Uh, so Time based Time magazine basically stepped on a proverbial rake itself here, and they did end up issuing a correction. The original version of this story misstated what happened to the girl in the photo after she was taken from the scene. The girl was not carried away screaming by U.S. Border Patrol agents. Her mother picked her up, and the two were taken away together. However... Time magazine still stood by the actual cover. And here's another uh, statement from them. The June 12th photograph of a two-year-old Honduran girl became the most visible symbol of the ongoing immigration debate in America for a reason. Under the policy enforced by the administration prior to its reversal this week, those who crossed the border illegally were criminally prosecuted, which in turn resulted in the separation of children and parents. Our cover and our reporting capture the stakes of this moment. What does that sound like to you? Fake but accurate. Remember that phrase? Back in 2004, just prior to the uh, George W. Bush's re-election, 
where CBS News put together memos of George W. Bush not actually being in the Texas National Guard, and it was ascertained by Northern Alliance Radio Network alum John Hinderocker and Scott Johnson that these memos did not look authentic. It's like uh, those aren't the kind of fonts that were used back in the in the late uh, 60s, early 70s. And they said, well, <coughs> well, yeah, yeah, the memos aren't real. They aren't the real memos. They are fake, but but they are accurate. So that's what time's going with here, the fake but accurate defense. This is supposed to restore our faith in the institution of media. This is supposed to restore credibility in media. Again, this is a very serious issue down at the southern border. What's going on down there, very serious issue. And I would dare say immoral. Children should not be removed from their families. I don't care about the politics of this. Okay, this st- some stuff transcends politics. Children should not be separated from their, from their parents at the border. But when the media pulls garbage like this, okay, it undermines what is a very credible story and further undermines what little credibility they have remaining. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show for any comments or questions uh, regarding today's show content. Use that via Twitter, Facebook, what have you. Coming up, Matt McCoviak talking a little bit more about what's going on down at the southern border and 2018 midterms right here on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. Here's some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for a health care plan, or more importantly, if you signed up for a plan that you're just not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. MediShare is a Christian health care sharing program. It's been around for 25 years. They have hundreds of thousands of members all across the country. And get this, over the years, MediShare members have shared more than $2.5 billion of each other's medical bills. Best of all, you could save a lot of money with MediShare. The typical savings for a family is about 500 bucks a month. Your savings may be less or more, but think about what you could do with that extra money every month. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. You can join MediShare anytime, so call them today and check it out. Here's the number to find out more. There's no pressure. They're super easy to talk to. Just hit star star 734. That's star star 734 Star Star 734. I was skeptical when I heard that your family bank could help me pay off my mortgage and get out of debt in under 10 years with my current income. Hi, my name is John. I'm a Patriot listener and a financial executive here in town. As such, I understand numbers. Using your family bank, my family will go from a $292,000 mortgage with 22 years remaining and $40,000 of additional debt to being totally out of debt, including the mortgage, in 9.8 years. We'll save $103,000. If you don't have a program which will get your family totally out of debt, including your mortgage, in less than 10 years just by redirecting your current cash flow, you need to talk with Daniel of Your Family Bank, who's right here in the Twin Cities. Thanks, John. This is Daniel Altwig of Your Family Bank. My friend, there's no risk nor obligation to find out for yourself. Go to daniel.yourfamilybank.org, click on the Request tab in the upper right-hand corner, and leave your contact information. daniel.yourfamilybank.org. That's Daniel. YourFamilyBank.org. Hi, this is Matthew with the Kingdom Builders. I don't have one thing in my life that I can boast about. Every single thing that is good is a direct result of Christ's salvation in my life. Matthew uh, is one that you might be talking to if you call our number. He's my son-in-law. We've established a great relationship over the past few years, and we pray that that might continue as he serves in the capacity of, of running the office. Well, when someone calls, usually I just try to see what their needs are and 
whether it's estimating for gutters or a roof or a repair if the roof is leaking. My focus is just always on trying to honor God in how I interact with people. You know, I just try not to add anything or subtract anything from what the Lord would have us do. I'm really excited to be fielding your calls today and talking to you about the needs you might have on your roof or gutters. For a free and obviously no obligation estimate, contact us by phone at 612-900-9166 or look us up online at thekingdombuilders.net. Hey, welcome back, Camp Twelve Eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. With me, Brad Carlson. Yes, we're back to a two-hour edition of the broadcast. We'd like to call the closer. Again, check out my blog at bradcarlson.org, and here to take your phone call six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. And you can use Twitter, use hashtag NarnShow, that's hashtag N-A-R-N Show, for any comments or questions regarding today's show content. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in, talking a lot about uh, what has been going on down at the uh, southern border, uh, down the, obviously, uh, Texas-Mexico border, and the uh, Trump administration's uh, reversal from strict enforcement of the policy that's been in place for a number of years now, where... uh, when fat, when adults come in across the border with, with children, the adults are to be detained separately. Uh, Trump issued an executive order that uh, children are not to be separated from their parents upon arrests being made. Uh, this issue obviously is just gearing up. This is certainly not the end of it, as we found out this past week, because the Democrats uh, seem to move the goalposts and saying, what, families families shouldn't be uh, detained at all when they cross the uh, U.S. border. So here to talk a little bit more about uh, this continuing saga of the border crisis is our favorite political wonk, Matt Makoviak. You can catch Matt's fine work. Uh, also on his podcast, Mac on Politics, it's on iTunes. So if you go to iTunes, just do a search for Mac on Politics. That's M-A-C-K. Mac on Politics, you'll find uh, all the fascinating guests that he have ha- he has had on over the past couple years. Uh, he's been doing his fine podcast, and we're honored that he is joining us now. Uh, Matt Makoviak, welcome back to the Northern Alliance Radio Network, sir. How are you? Hey, Brad, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me again. Uh, appreciate your time, as always, Matt. Uh, I did talk a little bit in the first segment about uh, the Trump administration reversing course. Basically, at first they were standing firm, saying, hey, this is a law in place. We're going to enforce the law to the letter of the law, zero tolerance. And then did the reverse course by issuing an executive order. Uh, kind of a strange uh, attitude that some of the Democrats in Congress were taking, Matt McCovey. They were worried about... Trump being a dictator, now they're perfectly willing to cede the uh, legislative aspect of it and and, and allow the Obama-era rule of a pen and a phone, apparently, Matt McCoviak. A strange new world, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's certainly true. Um, I, you know, I think if you look at the politics of, uh, of this past week, it, it, it became clear pretty quickly that, that the Trump administration position was untenable. Right. Um, and, you know, I think that... It, you know, the, a debate over catch and release is a winning debate for for Trump and for the Republicans. A mm-hmm. debate over family separations is a loser, uh, and that's part of why this story moved so quickly. Um, media piled on, uh, wanted to tell all of these stories and and sensationalize some of them, but certainly tell tell uh, the the human story, uh, which was really indefensible. Um, it's important to understand you know, why we're here, and this goes to the point you were making. I mean, we are here because past administrations had a catch-and-release policy. Uh, it is te- was technically illegal to enter the country illegally, but 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 if you were uh, apprehended doing so, you were brought in, you were given a, a court date months or years later, maybe you're given an ankle bracelet, 
uh, and ultimately you were released. And uh, according to, depart- to uh, government figures, more than 80% of those individuals didn't show up for their court date. Surprise, surprise. Sure, right. Trump promises a candidate to, to end catch and release. And so when his attorney general put uh, the zero tolerance policy in place a few months ago, uh, that is why we got to this point. And the reason for that uh, is the zero tolerance policy required that adults who enter the country illegally be apprehended, uh, be arrested, be detained, and immediately be processed for prosecution. Now, that's why we got separations, because federal law requires that children cannot be detained in adult detention centers with adults. Mm-hmm. That, is, that is what enabled the separations. That's what forced the separations. And that is why, when the Trump administration said Congress had the power to change this, uh, I believe they were at least partially correct. Uh, you know, you could either allow the children or the adults to be housed together. Uh, you could allow them to be kept together temporarily, which is basically what the Cruz bill uh, allows and what I think is likely to happen in the next few weeks. Uh, but either way, what's, what's going to be interesting to watch uh, is I think Trump's executive order is likely to be struck down. Uh, because I don't think that he has uh, the the uh, the authority to to probably do what he's done with that executive order, which was rushed, and which I think was the subject of a lot of internal legal debate inside the Trump administration. So Congress still has to fix this. Whatever Trump has done will last, you know, days or weeks, perhaps, or maybe months. But ultimately, if they're going to prevent separations from happening, it's going to require legislation. And let me add one last thought, and that is. Based on government statistics, 500 or so of the children have been reunited, but you still have 1,800 or so who have not. And so I think the media is going to continue to cover this with intensity until all, all those children are reunited uh, with the adults that they came here with. And I think the government's ability to do that in an efficient, uh, coherent, thoughtful, organized way is, 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 a, is an open question right now. There was an immigration reform bill sponsored by uh, Representative uh, Bob Goodlad, a Republican out of Virginia, uh, that would have increased border security and a pathway pathway to citizenship for uh, about uh, 700,000 of the uh, 1.8 million so-called dreamers living in the United States. Uh, that was voted down pretty handily in the House. I think 40-run Republicans voted nay. What was the main objection that you heard to this particular legislation, Matt McCoviak? Well, in this whole story of, of Congress's attempt to address immigration, honestly, has been somewhat confusing because there have been so many different versions of bills floating around and so many changes made at the last minute, it's hard to know exactly what was in each bill. Understand this, that uh, the so-called discharge petition uh, was was gaining in the House. Uh, there is a uh, procedural option available in the House that if you can get 218 members, which is a majority of the House, mm-hmm. to sign a so-called discharge petition, it brings a bill to the floor, even if the leadership opposes it. It's a very controversial move in the House. It's very rarely done. It's seen as a real direct assault on leadership. Okay. Uh, but you had all the House Democrats and you had a number of House, moderate House Republicans who were frustrated that no bill was allowed to be considered. So so Ryan and McCarthy stepped in in the last ten, 10 days or so and prevented the discharge petition from reaching 218. I think it's two votes short. And they said to do so, they would allow at least two two immigration bills to get a vote. The first vote was this Goodlatte bill, the so-called conservative bill, 
And then the other the other uh, bill that's likely to get a vote is a more moderate bill, which was supposed to get a vote Thursday, but likely will get a vote next week. And they're okay. adding some other elements to it, including E-Verify and maybe some, some ag uh, immigration provisions to it. So uh, as to the reasons why, as you as you know, <laughs> there are no two people who, who, who have an exact agreement on what needs to be done with immigration sure. uh, in Congress. And so I think... There were there were concerns on the left and the right with the good luck bill. I was surprised it didn't get more support, uh, and we'll have to see whether the moderate bill passes. The expectation is that it won't pass either. Okay, well, and of course we've uh, and we heard a minority leader in the Senate, Chuck Schumer, basically saying we want to put this in the in the president's lap. Is there anything you alluded to the Cruz bill? Is there anything that they could bring forth in the uh, in the Senate to maybe call Schumer's bluff on this? Because this is as you alluded to, Matt, this is an issue which if if uh, handled correctly, the majority of Americans will support probably a more conservative sentiment on on immigration. In that, uh, you know, they they're they're willing to acquiesce to a, a path to citizenship, but as far as just catch and release or flat out amnesty, that's that's not popular at all. Is there any way that we can kind of put Schumer in the proverbial crosshairs in this one, Mamakoviak? I think there's a there's a real opportunity for the Senate to to, to be the legislative body that leads on this. Um, and the Cruz bill, ha- ha- you know, basically keeps the families together. Right. It, it, it requires that they be kept together, perhaps in temporary shelters or in, in new facilities. Of course, that would take funding, uh, and so that presents you know a fiscal challenge. Uh, and then I think they also are looking at, at adding immigration judges. I mean, one of the other problems along the border is they don't have enough immigration judges to process mm. these asylum cases uh, as quickly as, as, as we'd like. Uh, one opportunity that's potentially there. Uh, you know, is to to look at asylum protections, uh, and, and and to perhaps do that through the national oh there, to do that through the National Defense Authorization Act. Uh, the problem with that is you can't put out appropriations on authorizations, so you can't fund uh, do the funding that way. Okay. Uh, so I, look, I think there's a chance the Senate could could move quickly uh, in the next few weeks, but but even in the Senate, you're going to need 60 votes, and it's right. going to be hard hard to do that. Once again, we are joined by a political wonk, Matt Makoviak, talking about, uh, obviously, the big story from this past week, the crisis down in the uh, southern border uh, along the uh, Mexico-Texas border and the uh, family separations. And we come back, uh, we'll talk with uh, Matt a little bit about uh, the 2018 midterms. What's the latest on there? Uh, can Republicans keep their razor-thin majority in the Senate? And uh, how does the House look uh, recently as well? We'll talk about that with uh, Matt Makoviak when we come back. And we'll take your phone calls if you so desire. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. It's hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, the clothes are right here on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go no. If you're listening to this in a car, it's making sure you're moving forward. If you've ever flown on a plane from the MSP airport, it's helping you get to your destination. When Amazon delivers a box to your door, it's made sure the order gets to you. It's the Embridge Line 3 oil pipeline. It's how Minnesota gets the oil we need to create the fuel and other products that we use every day in every part of Minnesota. Line 3 is very important, but it needs to be replaced. The best way to protect our environment is to replace aging infrastructure with a state-of-the-art pipeline that uses the newest technology available. That's why Embridge has worked hard to create the right plan and the best way to make sure this happens. Replacing Line 3 will protect our economy and protect the environment while maintaining the quality of life in our communities. That's also why our group, Minnesotans for Line 3, wants to make sure Minnesota does the right thing and lets this project move forward. 
To learn more and to join us, please visit minnesotansforline3.com. That's minnesotansforline, the number 3.com. minnesotansforline3.com. My dad says I'm his pride and joy. My mommy says I was her big surprise. My mom says I'm her best helper. I'm adopted. My dad says I was a gift. That's right, kids. Each of you are a miracle and a blessing from God. Hello, my name is Angie. I work with Pro-Life Across America. The Billboard People. If you know someone who is pregnant and in need of confidential counseling, including alternatives to abortion or post-abortion assistance, please call Pro-Life Across America at 1-800-366-7773 or check us out online at Pro-Life Across America. America.org. Pro-Life Across America is educational, non-political, and tax-deductible. Please help support our life-saving outreach. A baby child is being 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America, the Summer weather forecast from Lucky Stations. Hot, hot, and hot. It's Lucky Station Convenience Stores. Larry Elder here with Lucky's owner, Scott Stevens. Be cool, cool, cool. Come to Lucky Stations. Mention AM 1280, The Patriot, and we'll give you a free ice-cold bottle of water. What a hot deal to cool your summer off. Lucky Station is a small group of family-owned convenience stores in a world of giant national chains. They have to work harder to earn your business. Lucky Station has everything that the big-name convenience stores have. Now there's a Lucky Station near you. Mention AM 1280 The Patriot. We'll give you a free 20-ounce ice-cold water. A hot deal has never been so cool. For every bottle of water Lucky Station sells, we donate $0.10 to World Vision towards their clean water project. And you could donate, too. Visit worldvision.com. Lucky's Station, the official convenience store of AM 1280, The Patriot. Find them online at luckystations.com. Luckystations.com, or your neighborhood store. Hey, welcome back, AM 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Back with another segment on the broadcast we like to call The Closer. Back to a two-hour broadcast heard here every Sunday from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. And here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. You can also use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions regarding today's show content. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, again, joined by political wonk Matt Bukowiak. Talked some immigration in the uh, past segment. We want to get to the 2018 midterms. The latest on that. But before we do that, we do have a phone call on line two. Dan from Hopkins, you are on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Thank you for waiting, Dan. Hey, guys. Can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. Wonderful. You know what? It's frustrating uh, for me, and I think I speak for a lot of other Americans, taxpaying Americans, <laughs> Is that these people come to the border? They know it's illegal. They they they're, they're throwing you know they're throwing the dice to see. Gosh, is it worth the risk of travel this distance to get into this country? Uh, you know, um, there should be some s- significant fines and or consequences for these people and their families. They should not be eating well. They should be eating uh, boring beans and rice. And you know, what I'm saying they should be uncomfortable. So the word gets out throughout Mexico and Latin America. When you try to come to America illegally, it's not worth it. It's not worth even trying because there is a method for them to seek asylum, isn't there, in consulates? If you don't do that, there should be some monetary, some, and there should be some pain associated 
with doing something that's increasing the burden to the American taxpayer for the expense of all of this. You know, and then we're not getting to the real root of why they want to leave their country in the first place. You know, why is it? We hear it's drug lords, cartels, etc., corrupt governments. Right. Well, then our government should be dropping the hammer on the sources of their problems. That would help them, and it would save us a ton of money and help us. You know what I mean? The root of the problem is rarely talked about, and the leftist, idiot, uh, moral bankrupt Democrats will never... You know, uh, I don't know if it's mental illness on the part of Democrats. That's probably moral illness. Maybe that's a better, a better word for it. But am, am I right in thinking this? I mean, this seems like such a circus. Right. Appreciate the uh, appreciate the call, Dan. Uh, Matt, I don't know if you want to uh, uh, respond to that at all. All I'll say is it just seems like with the Democrats kind of moving the goalposts after Trump put through his executive order, which, Matt, as you alluded to, may well be overturned due to its uh, dubious nature in, in legality. Uh, this seems like an issue that the Democrats love to have. a. They can't say that, but it seems like a, a good issue to kind of wave around as the pl- proverbial bloody shirt, especially so close to the uh, to the midterms here. Yeah, and, and I've been saying all week, I mean, you know, one question that is not getting enough attention is as a, you know, as a policy matter, how does the United States effectively deter illegal immigration? Right. Right. I mean, clearly it's not good for, for the country to have high levels of illegal immigration, to not control our borders, not know who's coming. Uh, there's obviously a significant, uh, you know, cost to, t- to taxpayers, to housing and, cl- and, and feeding and taking care of, of these individuals. We all want to be compassionate. Uh, there's a legal process for asylum requests. There's a legal process for immigrating to the country. Uh, and and with, with Democrats, they really don't seem to care much uh, about illegal immigration. You see their policy on sanctuary cities. Uh, you see their lack of seriousness about the threat of the MS-13 gang. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you just you look up, they have no, no interest in additional, you know, real uh, border security. Uh, and so I agree. I, mean, I actually think the zero tolerance policy is a winner. Uh, because uh, politically, broadly speaking, across the country, but unfortunately, if, if zero tolerance requires separation, that's not a winner, and that's that's why you saw the president change his position so quickly this week. He he doesn't often uh, often backtrack, uh, but right. he did in this case. Uh, but ultimately, again, Congress has to take action here in order for this to get solved in a more permanent way, uh, and we're going to see whether Congress can do that. Can Congress, you know, act with urgency and focus? And put the country first, or you know, four months before the election, or is everyone focused on their own political future? Now, speaking of Congress, of course, Matt Mikoviak, we've got the 2018 midterm races in full swing. I want to focus a little bit on the Senate. I know we've talked about this in, in previous visits we've had with you. It, the, the Republicans are in good shape to not only keep their majority in the Senate, but perhaps increase it. Now, one particular race that I want to focus on, because I saw a tweet that you put out this past week had to do with the race down in Florida where current incumbent Democrat uh, Bill Nelson is receiving a challenge from Republican Governor, Florida Governor uh, Rick Scott. You had said that uh, you are calling this that Rick Scott will flip that seat. Uh, to what gives you that confidence, Matt Mikoviak? I'm curious about that one. Yeah, so a uh, number of things. Uh, first of all, Governor Scott's been been pretty successful as governor. Uh, state of Florida's in very good shape, headed in the right direction. People are happy with the direction of the state. So he starts from a pretty strong foundation. Okay. You add to that uh, the fact that, that, that the Democratic incumbent, Bill Nelson, throughout his career has never really had much of a race. He's never had a strong Republican challenger, uh, just for whatever reason, probably luck as much as anything else. So Nelson's numbers have always been soft in Florida. Um, He is 
in some cases perceived as a moderate Democrat who's not well-liked among Democrats. You add to that the fact that Governor Scott has handled hurricanes very well. You add to that that he took action after the uh, the horrific uh, uh, school shooting in Florida and got a legislative agenda through through that body. And then you add to that uh, the fact that he is in a position to spend an enormous amount of money. He's spending $2 million a week, mm-hmm. uh, mostly of his own money in his U.S. Senate campaign. And, and, wow. and Nelson will, will be well-financed, but he will be outspent. And it's very rare that a challenger can outspend uh, an incumbent. So to me, I just think there are too many factors there. Uh, and I think that race was basically decided when Rick Scott was successfully recruited to run and decided to run. I still think it'll probably be competitive, a two- or three- or four-point race. But I feel very, very good that that is a pickup seat for Republicans. Fantastic. Well, that is definitely good news. That would certainly go a long way to keeping their majority. I, I want to at least discuss some of the potentially vulnerable Republicans, specifically in uh, Nevada. Uh, Senator Dean Heller is seeking re-election. Uh, President Trump actually was in Nevada yesterday speaking uh, on his behalf, and also I think he spoke to the state party there as well. Uh, what do we know about the uh, Dean Heller uh, seat, Matt McCovey? Because this is one of the, I think, if I off the top of my head, this is probably the only state where there's a Republican Uh, seeking re-election where Hillary Clinton prevailed in 2016. Is that right? I mean, what do we know, I guess, about how vulnerable Dean Heller is at this point? Yeah, so it's the only state that where we have a Republican incumbent who's seeking re-election who's vulnerable in the Senate. Uh, There is, of course, the Arizona Senate seat that that was held by Jeff Flake. He's retiring. Uh, That primary is still undecided. Likely will nominee will likely be uh, Congresswoman Martha McSally, the Air Force pilot. Uh, And I think she has a decent chance to hold it, but that was a seat that Trump lost as well. So those two states are potential pickup opportunities for Democrats. Okay. Uh, Dean Heller has been a moderate, uh, moderate, fairly moderate Republican in Nevada. Um, he has had some breaking points with Trump and, in fact, has even earned some, some criticism from Trump, although for the most part he's been, he's been supportive. Um, he's running against uh, Jackie Rosen, a uh, fairly liberal, I believe she's a member of Congress. Uh, and so, yeah, I expect that to be a, a hotly contested race. Uh, and and if, if you're a Democrat, you know, it's hard for them to see how they can not have a bad cycle in the Senate without taking up Nevada. It's their single best pickup opportunity, and they have – you know, 25 seats to defend. Uh, and so <clears throat> Trump was out there to help uh, to attend the, the, the Republican convention in Nevada and Las Vegas, and then also, I think, support Senator Heller. Look, Trump has, I think, become, come to realize exactly how important these Republican seats are in both the House and the Senate, particularly in the Senate, given that, that, that McCain was able to uh, prevent the uh, Senate Republican health care bill on Obamacare from passing just with his vote alone. One vote matters. Mm-hmm. So he may not like every senator equally. He may have some favorites over others. He may have some who, who he thinks uh, you know support him more aggressively than others. But if he's willing to go to Nevada and support Dean Heller uh, and ultimately likely support the Republican nominee for Senate in Arizona, that shows how he, he understands now, uh, fairly new to politics, how important these individual U.S. Senate seats are. We saw that with the Alabama special election. We saw that with the McCain vote on Obamacare. And we will see that uh, this, this this fall as a number of these seats are going to be very, very close. We also have a, an open seat in uh, Tennessee, uh, Republican Senator Bob Corker not seeking re-election. Uh, I, I'll, be, I'll admit to you, Matt McCoviak, not as familiar with this particular Senate seat as maybe I should be. What can you tell us about any prospective Republican candidates in that one? Yeah, that, that race is fairly set. It's going to be uh, Congresswoman Marsha Blackburn, who's okay. been a, a kind, of, kind of a Tea Party-aligned conservative Republican member of Congress, uh, running against a former Democratic governor of, of Tennessee, Phil Bredesen, who was a prized recruit on the Democratic side, was a fairly successful governor. He's a moderate Democrat, 
In fact, he's been either ahead or tied in some of the early polling. And I think that's to some extent because members of Congress are not known statewide in their states generally. Sure. And so Blackburn is not well known yet. Now, that said, Trump remains very popular in Tennessee. He's, it's going to be a state you're going to see him in quite a bit this fall. He's already been there several times to support Blackburn. He'll be there several more times. So that would be another potential pickup opportunity for Democrats. I ultimately don't think it will be all that competitive just because it's such a red state and Trump sure. remains popular. But we'll see. The latest, uh, one of the, some of the latest uh, generic congressional ballots that I've seen has uh, Democrats up by about uh, plus six. Uh, within the past few weeks, it got down to, uh, I think, even at one point, uh, tied or Republicans within the margin for uh, margin of error. Democrats up to plus six. So, what does that say about prospects for Republicans hanging onto the House? Can you kind of maybe break down the stats of where Republicans need to be in the? generic congressional ballot in order to maintain their uh, majority in the House, Matt McCoviak? Yeah, good question. Uh, and look, the generic ballot is not, uh, you know, a guarantee. Sure. It, 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 it sort of is, it tells you directionally kind of whether things are getting better or worse for one side or the other. Um, generally, if, if Democrats have a, a small lead on the generic ballot, Republicans are probably fine. Uh, if it's, you know, high single digits or low double digits, there's a pretty good chance Democrats could take the House back. The generic ballot generally in recent years has has, has uh, advantage, has shown some advantage to, to, to the Democratic side. Um, one of the things we don't know right now, I wouldn't trust many of the generic, generic ballots yet uh, until this, this last week is fully uh, kind of uh, taken into consideration, right? It takes time for news to occur, for people to process it, and then for polling to capture sure. what really happened. And I think we probably haven't captured that yet on the separation issue. Look, this was a bad week for the, for the Republicans and a bad week for Trump. Mm -hmm. uh, whether they limited the damage and whether they've been able to move on beyond it, I think is an open question. It will depend on what happens on unifying some of these families and whether the executive order holds up, whether Congress acts. Uh, but look, things are going to go up. Things are going to go down slightly. Over the last couple months, things have improved for Republicans, particularly as the economy sure. has strengthened. Right now, I think the House is up for grabs. I'd say it's 50-50 or perhaps 60-40 Republicans hold it. Uh, but we're going to have to see what happens. We're still a long way off, four, four, four and a half months from the, from the midterms. Matt, as always, we appreciate your contributions to the broadcast. Again, check out Matt's uh, fine podcast, Mac on Politics. Go to iTunes. Just do a search for M-A-C-K, Mac on Politics. And hear uh, all that uh, fantastic work there. Matt, appreciate your time. Thanks so much, sir. My pleasure. Take care. Uh, Matt, Mark, St. Louis Park, Pat, Minneapolis, if you could possibly hold through the break, I promise we will take your calls first thing when we come back. The final segment this hour on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving. If you've been in business more than 20 minutes, you've probably printed your logo on all kinds of promotional products. We all know logos work because they're on everything from the top of skyscrapers to the bottom of shoes. Ever wondered why or how to best use your logo to grow your business? Let us show you today for free. We're 4imprint, promotional product experts at your service. We're giving away the latest issue of Amplify the digital magazine that reveals promotional product success stories absolutely free to everyone who texts WOW11 to 88988. At 4imprint, we make your logo look perfect on thousands of promotional items. With our 100% guarantee, it'll be right the first time, on time, every time. 
Your free e-magazine will reveal invaluable insights that can attract new customers, build your brand, and grow your business. Get the latest issue of Amplify absolutely free by texting WOW11 to 88988. That's WOW11 to 88988. Hi, it's John Wichko, owner of Advantage Autoglass. Advantage is having a great year, and I'd like to thank everyone who's taken advantage of our service. And if you chose to wait for drier roads and warmer weather, they're here. Now is the time to get that cracked windshield taken care of. You've been staring at it day after day. Why wait any longer? Call Advantage Auto Glass today at 952-423-6396 and we'll replace your windshield with only the highest quality parts and adhesives. Advantage will come to your home or work, anywhere in the metro, we're a local family-owned company and a preferred shop for all major insurance companies. That means you'll get personalized service and we do all the billing all backed by a lifetime warranty. All you do is call Advantage first and we'll take care of everything. So call us today at 952-423-6396 or visit us on the web at ReplaceMyWindshield.com. That's ReplaceMyWindshield.com. Schnitker Law Office asks, do you trust the government to pay you everything required by law in an eminent domain situation? The state offered a landowner $100,000. Schnitker Law Office got the client $365,000 and most of the legal fees and costs paid. A county government offered a local auto shop $450,000 in an eminent domain issue. Schnitker Law Office helped the client win an actual award of $850,000. If you're losing land, losing access to your property, or being forced to move by the government, don't leave your money on the table. Call Schnitker Law Office to ensure you get every dime you deserve as required by law. The government has lawyers. You need one, too. So get someone who knows their tricks. Schnitker Law Office. Call today at 763-252-0114 or go online at minnesotaeminentdomain.com. That's minnesotaeminentdomain.com. Welcome back, AM 1280 Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. It is me, Brad Carlson, final segment of the first hour. Did I say first hour? Yeah, because we have a two-hour show. Oh, I love it. I love saying that. Back to two hours every Sunday from 1 to 3 p.m. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, we did want to get to our callers. Are there are our callers still on the line? Okay. Fantastic. Uh, Mark on line two. Mark is in St. Louis Park. Uh, thanks for your patience, Mark. You are on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Hi, Brad. Uh, first of all, congratulations on the extra hour. Thank so you. Mitch can't hog the two hours every weekend. I'm glad you've got two hours now. I appreciate that. Uh, Thanks, Mark. <laughs> fabulous. Um, question was for the previous guest, and I I saw a report a couple weeks ago on the transplants from Puerto Rico after the hurricane in Florida. They, I thought the estimate was about a half a million, and about two thirds or half were voting age, and the Democrats were were getting them all signed up to vote. And I was asking, how does that factor into election, Rick Scott election? Because mm. the Puerto Ricans overwhelmingly vote Democratic, and they showed the outreach. Um, there's a CBS News, I think. They're, okay. they're getting everyone um, to vote. And that's hundreds of thousands of Puerto Ricans that are now living in Florida because of the hurricane. That was the question I had. So just, you know. Um, okay. I had not. Get them next time. And, sure. Yeah. I hadn't heard that myself. Uh, I know Matt's. Uh, I don't know if you tweeted all, Mark. Uh, Matt, certainly, uh, if you will reply to your tweets if you want to. 
tweet that out. That's a good question because I, I personally don't know the answer to that and I'm not as well versed sure. in that particular oh, story yeah. as you are. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. I will do that. And, and congratulations on the extra hour. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. And uh, appreciate you listening as always. Uh, line three, Pat in Minneapolis. Hi, Pat. You're on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Yes. Hi. Um, my questions also pertain to the um, previous guests that you had. Sure. Um, it seems to me that um, I've heard some things that Eric Paulson may also be, you know, might be a really tight race for him. And I was hoping, I, I kind of tuned in late, so I don't know if they talked about that seat here in Minnesota. Sure. Or not. What um, That would be the one question. And the other question is, um, we have primaries, you know, Democrats and Republicans here mm-hmm. in Minnesota in August, which, you know, a lot, a lot of people think about voting in August for one thing. And for the other thing, I think, isn't it there's no excuse voting? It's up to six weeks in front of the general. But I wondered, do you know if it's the same for the primary as well? Thanks for calling, Pat. I appreciate it. I do not know, to be perfectly honest, regarding the primary. That is an excellent question. Uh, to your point, yeah, you there is early voting available for general elections in a primary. Uh, I am not 100% sure on that. I, that, is a, that is a very good question. Um, We'll have to check into that. Uh, John Berg, are you on that? Uh, <laughs> we appreciate that. Uh, yeah, and as far as Eric Paulson, obviously he's the uh, representative uh, in Congressional District 3, which covers a lot of the uh, uh, Minneapolis metro areas like Plymouth, Minnetonka, Bloomington, uh, Coon Rapids, uh, pretty substantial part of the metro, which went overwhelmingly for Hillary Clinton in 2016, but Paulson still won his race by 12 points. Even at my most pessimistic I don't ever think Eric Paulson is in trouble. I, I mean, we keep hearing that every ever since he was elected in 2008 when he when it was a race to uh, replace Jim Ramstad who was running in, uh, who had been reelected for a number of terms. Uh Paulson won a close race in 2008 against Ashwin and Medea and he's won pretty handily every two years since then. So again, even at my most pessimistic, I never think he's in trouble. He always has very uh, solid war chest. I know that one caveat, I guess I will give to that. I know that he has alienated some of the uh, pro Second Amendment crowd with his uh, getting together with the Democrats on these quote unquote red flag laws uh, regarding identifying potential mass shooters. Now, red flag laws in and of itself are not taboo, but if you're implementing laws that undermine due process, that's going to be a problem. And if Eric Paulson signs on to something, to any particular law or co-sponsors legislation that would seem to skirt due process and be able to just, you know, declare a red flag to anyone that you may have a personal dispute with and therefore their firearm taken away without them being able to respond to their accuser, which is kind of the tenet of due process, uh, that's going to be a problem. And that's something that Eric Paulson could find himself in some hot water, particularly with the well-organized Second Amendment crowd. So there, there is that, and uh, um, so, but will that make him vulnerable in his district? I don't know. Like I say, he pretty much votes within alignment in his district, and this is what drives me crazy about a lot of uh, conservatives on our side is that they constantly will chide Eric Paulson about his voting record. Well, he's a rhino. He, you know, he's just one of those classic moderates. Well, look at the district he represents. I think Obama won it in 2012. Hillary Clinton, it's one of the few successes Hillary Clinton had outside, you know, obviously CDs four and five, which uh, covers St. Paul, Minneapolis, you know, Hennepin and Ramsey counties. Uh, 
Eric Paulson, this was one of the few. This was uh, one of the few successes Hillary Clinton had was in Eric Paulson's district. Yet Paulson was still reelected. I think he won by twelve or thirteen points in in twenty sixteen. So uh, you know he's representing his district, and for better or for worse. But I will say that if you are going to alienate the gun rights groups with these uh, uh, with these red flags laws, if indeed they do skirt due process. That's going to be an issue. So uh, again, that's kind of a long answer to uh, I'm still I'm skeptical that Eric Paulson is ever in any real serious trouble. I I'd have to look back. I don't think he's one since he was first reelected in 2010, and then obviously was subsequently reelected every two years since then, right up through 2016. I don't think he's ever won by less than eight points. I'd have to look back at that. I think 2012 was relatively close. I think he lo- he won that race by about seven or eight points. I'd have to look back at it, but uh, uh, I, I just I just don't see him in a, in a whole lot of trouble. But uh, this Minnesota, it's interesting. The 2018 midterms, this state actually has a keen eye focused upon it when it comes to Republican successes because everybody assumes that the Democrats will at least take over the House, even if they aren't going to be able to take over the. Uh, Senate, did you find anything on that, uh, John Berg? Yes. You know, it looks like for the primary elections, is this, this is at the uh, the Secretary of State's uh, website. They okay. Can, you can vote by mail or in person June 29th through August 13th, and then obviously uh, the primary election day is August 14th. Okay. So. Well, Pat, I hope you're listening. There's, there's your answer. Yes, there is. There is a, I'm glad you clarified that because I, I did not know. I, I'm a traditionalist. I always like to go on election day. And I like to get there as soon as the doors open. So I've never really had to look into this. Now, there was, I remember it was the 2000 presidential election. I actually had to vote early because I was going on a work trip. But other than that, I always like showing up on election day. So, John, I appreciate you looking that up. And, Pat, if there's your answer, yes, there is early voting by mail starting on June 29th. So if you go to the Secretary, Minnesota Secretary of State website, you can get uh, more information if indeed uh, you are looking to vote early, that is, Pat. So appreciate the phone calls always. Hour number one in the can. Guess what? we got a whole second hour to go. What am I going to do? Well, come back and find out. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with hour number two in mere moments. Go nowhere. Closing time. Turn all of the lights on over everything. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning knows nobody loves summer more than us Minnesotans. Fishing, golf, grilling, and going to the cabin. We Minnesotans also love being smart with our money which makes summer a good time to think about your air conditioner. See, if your AC is more than 15 years old, replacing it with a new system can cut your cooling costs by up to 30%. That's good for your wallet, good for the planet, and certainly good for you when you come in after those hot days outside. Fortunately, Standard Heating and Air Conditioning has a few special offers that can save you even more. Listen to this. Call for an appointment now before the weather gets even hotter and you'll save $25 on their all-important AC performance tune-up. There's even instant savings of $700 on new systems. That's a lot of reasons to love summer even more. Learn more at standardheating.com patriot. Some restrictions apply. Standard heating and air conditioning. The comfort you deserve. Here at the Kingdom Builders, 
Relationships are more important than sales figures. We're not really interested in doing these commercials to pull you in with marketing. We're more interested in having an opportunity to reach out and establish a relationship with you. Matthew, my son-in-law, now works a lot in the office with me, and our goal is really to be great ambassadors for the Lord Jesus. We don't want to put our light under a bushel basket. Yeah, I've just really enjoyed talking with customers and seeing what their problems are and trying to fix those for them, trying to get peace of mind with the issues they're having with their home. We think the business part will come naturally if we have a good, solid relationship with you and establish a level of trust. We've just been immensely blessed with all the people that we've met in the past few years, and we look forward to growing our family of customers. We'd like the opportunity just to look at your roof, your gutters, whatever it might be, for a free and obviously no obligation estimate. Find us online at thekingdombuilders.net. Hey, welcome to our show. Hey, and we got some news. Premier Pool and Spa is having a truckload sale. Does that mean there's just one or two of them are on sale? Because that's all that fits in my truck, eh? Did uh, you just fall off a truck? Yeah, that's why I talk like this, eh? No, that means that all the hot tubs and swim spas in the inventory are all on sale, plus the next two truckloads, and they're all on sale. And if they don't have what you want, they can build exactly what you're looking for, and it'll be on sale too, eh? Well, shouldn't you wait for all the summer fair sales? Because everyone says that's the best time of year to buy, eh? Hey, remember, the people have to pay to have a booth at the fair? And then when you look at the deals, it includes that cost in there, so it's not really a deal. So why wait till another time when the deals now are just as hot as the weather? Buy now and get what you want when you want it at this big truckload sale. Visit Premier Pool and Chan Essen today. PremierPools.com. Premier Pool and Spa, where we take fun seriously, eh? Take off. AM 1280, The Patriot, is WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. Fueled by... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.